0: Welcome in, everyone. Farzine Vasugin here with you. Hope you guys are doing well. Having a good holiday week. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you. And this is the final podcast for 2021. Boy, uh, that year flew by. Really, the the last two years have uh, gone by pretty quickly. I don't know. I mean, listen, over the years, the older you get... Time flies, sure, but I i don't know. It, it just feels like with this pandemic, time flies a little faster. I don't know. People have always kind of joked, like, is time moving by slowly or is it going fast and all this? But I don't know. I, I suppose that's for you guys to debate. Anyway, like I said, last podcast of 2021. Hope you guys are having a good... Christmas, holiday week, whatever it is you celebrate. Hope you guys are enjoying that. I was in Mexico. Lovely Cancun, Mexico. Had a lot of fun for my mom's birthday, uh, which was a blast. Uh, had a lot of fun there and definitely enjoyed the warm weather. Uh, <laughs> definitely uh, a much different feel when you go. I mean, Kansas City, the weather was actually pretty good before I left for Cancun. Coming back, completely different story. Uh, by the way, um, the day I flew back was the same night the Chiefs and Chargers played. I was supposed to land about an hour before the game and was going to get home, give or take a minute or two, a round kickoff basically. And then all of a sudden my flight got pushed back an hour and a half and that was basically going to make me miss my other flight. Oddly enough, uh, well the short long story short um, I had to change all my flights because there was just no way in hell I was gonna make it back home in time uh, because that would have made me miss my second flight uh, in Dallas uh, so I was able to get all of that uh, took care of that. Once I got on the next plane uh, I mean my new flight, I got a notification because I was still getting notifications on my my other two flights. The second flight, the one in Dallas, got pushed back. I was like, oh, of course. I mean, I I, I rescheduled everything just to make sure I can get home at some point uh, that Thursday. But it happens, man. Uh, I, I was able to watch the game. I watched a majority of it on the plane. They had live TV on American Airlines. So pretty cool feature. Some flights have that. Some don't. But uh, I watched the first drive of the game on the flight, and then watched, or excuse me, before the flight, and then the rest of it uh, at uh, when I was um, on the plane. Man, I'll tell you what, watching a, <laughs> I'm one of those uh, fans who uh, really gets into it, shouting at the TV, all that stuff. Obviously, you can't really do that on a plane, otherwise uh, they'll call you disruptive and They'll ban you from flying, depending on who the flight attendants are. Uh, someone actually uh, was trying to get their earphones out, and the noise was coming out of their phone loudly. And not that anyone cared. Everyone was actually pretty curious because everyone's flying to Kansas City from Miami. Um, but then the flight attendant had to be a jackass about it. And she's telling, oh, you got to get your earphones, ma'am. Just Stupid. Uh, Karen's basically, is what they, that's what they call them. Uh, But yeah, I got to uh, watch the entire game on the flight. Man, I'll tell you what, that was arguably one of the best Chiefs games in the regular season. Uh, I mean, it's up there with the Chiefs-Rams, and I know that one, the Chiefs came out uh, short, falling to the Rams, but can't take away how epic of a game that was. Uh, In a game like this, I mean, it's only memorable if your team wins. Boy, the Chiefs really came. And Travis Kelsey, uh, who won the AFC Offensive Player of the Week Award, uh, his first time ever winning that uh, award. I was surprised at first, but then again, not really, because Kelsey's never had a massive monster game like that off the top of my head. I mean, prior to this game, I can't think of a time when Travis Kelsey had a game like this. Uh, He's had a couple games where he's had you know 100 yards and uh, two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, but you see that every week from at least one pass catcher. So you don't see uh, that kind of thing and think to yourself, "Oh man, that's that's rare." Uh, But what Travis Kelce did—almost 200 yards and I believe three touchdowns, two huge uh, touchdowns—where he was just breaking ankles, doing the Euro step, all that good stuff. Making uh, the Chargers miss. And then in overtime, after he made a couple of those defenders miss, I'm thinking to myself, I, oh, he's got nobody ahead of him. And he's all, I mean, the only person ahead of him was Tyreek Hill, who just kind of stood still so we could let him go and not commit any uh, illegal uh, blocking penalties. That was a great game, man. That really was. And let me just say this about the Chiefs because I think the Chiefs, their problem this year, or at least more recently, has been the offense. The defense, I mean, the defense is. Completely a much different football team, and I know they allowed more points in this game, but still, I mean, the kinds of things you're seeing Dan Sorensen playing way better. Dan Sorensen, Ben Neiman is playing better. Uh, jeron Reed, Anthony Hitchens. Uh, I, I mean, you've got Charvarius Ward who ended up being a Pro Bowl alternate, which was pretty cool. That, went out. that was not one I was expecting, by the way. You've got a lot of players who are doing really well on the defensive side, improving, and then you've got people like Nick Bolton. A rookie who should be getting more snaps, but uh, I mean, he's having a tremendous rookie season. It's honestly gone unnoticed, too. Uh, Willie Gay's uh, playing very well. Um, I'm really excited about this defense. Listen, I mean, touchdowns, all that stuff are great, but nothing excites me more than seeing stout, sound, dominant defense, especially up front on the defensive line when. They're constantly getting to the quarterback like they did in that Cowboys game. I mean, that's the kind of defense that really excites me a lot. So I'm glad to see this defense, especially without some of their players, Chris Jones, Ward, and um, uh, who else were they missing? I think Willie Gay in that uh, Chargers game. They were missing a lot of players because of the COVID situation, and I know that's uh, gotten out of hand, so I'll get into that uh, in a moment. Uh, By the way, topics. I did not mention this. Topics for uh, this podcast Uh, Definitely want to touch on the Chiefs for uh, a bit. Urban Meyer, that insane story. Amanda Nunes stunned in UFC 269 recently. The COVID situation with sports. Jackson Mahomes in the news again. Shocker. And uh, the Wheel of Fortune is still around in case you guys didn't know. And they are... Getting a lot of heat because they pretty much fucked over one of their contestants. And also, I made a comment on my Facebook page that offended a lot of people, so I kind of need to address that at the end of this podcast. So, yeah, lovely stuff. Uh, Got to address the um, the offensive stuff. So, I'll get to that later. Uh, so, those are the topics for the podcast. But the Chiefs, man, I mean, they were playing much better football defensively. And offensively, they're getting better, too. But here's the thing. I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, like that game right there against the Chargers, was a perfect example of what kind of a season Patrick Mahomes has had. Mahomes did not play very well for about three and a half quarters of that game. Some questionable decision making, some questionable throws, uh, and he got a little frustrated on the sideline, just a bit, just a bit. Uh, I mean, not necessarily Tom Brady iPad toss type of thing, or not iPad, Microsoft tablet, you know what I mean. Um, but, man, this is a Chiefs offense that found a way to light it up uh, when they when they needed to. And let me say this, because I know a lot of people are criticizing uh, Brandon Staley. Okay, let, let me just start with this. Knowing what we know now, yes, you obviously should have kicked those field goals. Because if you do that, you get nine points. And guess what? That's two possessions. Obviously, I'm not breaking any news saying that. And on top of that, you have the Chiefs who are not going to be able to make up as great as that offense can be at times. You're not going to be able to make up for that. Uh, Listen, here's the thing in the moment, though, there's no way of knowing how you're going to, what the final score is going to be. There's just no way of knowing that. The thing about those kinds of decisions from coaches, especially like trick plays, I mean, that's the one that really can get a coach in trouble. If it works, the coach is a genius. He's gutsy. He's got big balls. You know, those kinds of things uh, are said about the coach. But if the coach, I mean, if it doesn't work, Oh man, what an idiot. How does he have a job? You know, what's he doing? You know, he's gonna have a lot to answer to. To the owner and the general manager and all those people in the front office. So it's a very tricky situation. I'm always very cautious with criticizing coaches with these kinds of things because everyone it's so easy right now to say, oh Brandon Staley, what an idiot. All you have to do is kick one of those field goals and you win the game. Yes, that's not up for debate. I'm not dismissing that. What I am saying is, in the moment, there's no way of knowing how that's going to pan out. And I know a lot of people are going to say, still take the points. But here's my logic. Even though the Chiefs offense has struggled this year and has been inconsistent, this is not an offense you ever take lightly. So I think Brandon Staley, and I'm just putting myself in the shoes of a non-Chiefs fan. If I'm if my team's playing the Chiefs, how do I want my team to win? Well, It's not going to be with field goals. You're not going to beat what, albeit this year, not uh, a reflection of it, but in my opinion, still the best quarterback, tight end, wide receiver trio in the NFL. You're not going to beat them with field goals. So I think Brandon Staley's logic was, look, this offense is going to do some good things. This Chiefs offense is going to do some good things in this game. I can't win With my kicker in this one, I've got to go out there and and go for the end zone. And listen, it's not like he called terrible plays. There were actually opportunities for the Chargers to get into the end zone. But with the drops and the the, the bathroom, listen, uh, the Chiefs went for it on fourth down also. Mahomes had McColl Hardman wide open but had the most terrible throw I've ever seen from Mahomes. I know he didn't have a good grip on that, but still, uh, I mean, that's no excuse at all. But if Mahomes does have a good grip on that and throws it accurately, McCool Hardman can just walk to the end zone as slow as possible because nobody... I mean, you want to talk about social distancing. There was plenty of social distancing on that play between McCall Hardman and whoever the closest defender was. So, it's so easy to criticize a coach for going forward on fourth down and failing when you kind of have to understand. I mean, again, knowing what we know now, yeah, you should have kicked the field goals. Listen, I'm watching the 49ers and the Titans game right now. The 49ers... Uh, have already blown a 10-point lead. It's tied at 10. Uh, imagine that, the 49ers blowing a 10-point lead in a short amount of time. I wonder when we last saw that from the 49ers. Uh, but they went for it on fourth down. This gives you an idea of when I'm recording the podcast. I have it on in, in the uh, in the background. Uh, you look at the, the fourth down play they had. They had a wide-open receiver. and it, it was just a terrible pass from Grappolo... If the receiver catches it, he's just a yard away from the first down marker or a yard or two away. You know, those kinds of things right there. You know, coaches get criticized because oh man, it failed. How did well okay, why did it fail? Was it a terrible call or was the execution bad? Cuz those things matter. Those things matter a lot, and I think people forget about that sometimes. Again, this is why I'm very cautious. You guys know me. I'm a very critical guy. I I I you guys know I won't hold back and I'll say What needs to be said, if I think the criticism is valid, coaching criticisms on decisions like fourth downs and trick plays, man, I try to be very careful with those because it's one of those very tricky things where it's like, listen, if it works, the coach is a genius. If it doesn't, he's a moron. You guys remember in 2008, uh, the Chiefs ran a play where Jamal Charles took a snap, tossed it to Bradley, Mark Bradley, former wide receiver for the Chiefs, also played for the Chicago Bears for a bit. And Mark Bradley threw the pass to Tyler Thickpin, who was Kansas City's third-string quarterback, uh, but ended up starting for several ga- uh, several games that year because Heward and Croyle got injured. Listen, that's obviously a very gutsy call right there. I mean, that's not an easy one to come up with. And some coaches wouldn't even attempt that. But the Chiefs did, and it, and they succeeded in that. Now, the game, the final score did not go in their favor, but you get the idea. They practice that play, and they do it several times. Okay, the first time, they probably fail at it. The second time, well, they do a better job of it. The third time, even better. Fourth time is even better. Okay, well, after all of those attempts right there... You think to yourself, okay, we've practiced this enough to where we think we can do this in a game. It's a gutsy call, but we've practiced it enough, we feel confident about it, so we're going to try it in a game now. Brandon Saley didn't just stand on the sidelines and said, no, whatever, we're going to go for it. No, you practice for these situations, and I'm willing to bet there was probably a game plan that week improvised. Hey, let's Let's go for it on fourth down if, if we're close to the end zone or close for a first down because we're not going to beat the Chiefs by kicking field goals or putting the football back to the, In fact, I think the only punt of the game was inside two minutes or right before two minutes. I can't remember. I think it was inside two minutes where the Chargers punted it back to the Chiefs. And it's like, man, I, I mean, that just shows you right there that there's a possibility the game plan was – be super aggressive. Now, sure, there is such thing as being too aggressive. And again, knowing what we know now, Brandon Saley certainly was too aggressive. Uh, again, I mean, there's no way of knowing in the moment what the final score is going to be. Of course, if you go and go back in time, you say, yeah, kick the field goals. But maybe that also fires up Kansas City a bit more to uh, go with more tempo. Play with a, a sense of urgency. Uh A lot more sooner I mean you never know I mean again that's a hypothetical situation we're going into an alternate universe now but I I've always tried to be very cautious with criticizing coaches on those kinds of things because you just don't know how it's going to pan out at the end of the day but hey the Chiefs found a way to win man uh that's all uh that matters if you're a Chiefs fan um and they're rolling right now the teams they lost to earlier in the year and I'm going to exclude the Chargers because they were able to avenge that loss and now have a uh, have a have a gap between them and the Chargers, which helps because if the Chargers won that game, they would have had the tiebreaker. The teams who the Chiefs have lost to: the Titans, the Bills, and the Ravens. Not only did they beat the Chiefs, but they were also they also had a pretty big lead on the Chiefs in the standings. So it was one of those things where you thought to yourself, "Man, how the hell are the Chiefs going to?" Make up for this. Well, ever since that Titans lost, not only have the Chiefs won out, nearly every damn thing has gone in their favor. Like, they have definitely had luck on their side. And by the way, when I say this, it's like there's a negative connotation, and I don't mean it that way. There's nothing wrong with being lucky. I mean, sometimes you do need luck on your side with anything, uh, especially in a situation where you're... What were the Chiefs? Three and four? And, I mean, they had... Very, very few believers. Even listen, I know Chiefs fans are in Ryan Clark's mentions, and they're they're letting a lot of people know that they oh this didn't age well. Well, okay, but these are also the same Chiefs fans who wrote off their own team after that Titans loss. Like I mean, I, I had a even the most blind Chiefs homer did not believe in the Chiefs. So to me, I'm looking at this thinking, man. The Chiefs have absolutely had everything go in their favor. I mean, tell me what has not gone in their favor. Because all the teams ahead of them in the AFC West have been losing, in addition to beating them, beating the, destroying the Raiders twice, beating the Chargers in that epic Thursday night game, destroying the Broncos, and then, on top of that, the Bills have been losing games, the Ravens have been losing games, the Titans have slipped a little bit. Because the biggest concern was, okay, if the Chiefs can make up some ground, they're still going to lose the tiebreaker to those three teams, the Titans, the, the the Ravens, and the Bills. But that's not even a discussion anymore. The Chiefs are right now on top of the AFC, which is insane. So uh, they need to keep that up. Uh, because, And listen, with the way the defense has been playing and the offense lately playing better the past few weeks, This does look like a team that's impossible to stop. This is a team that looks like they're going back to their third straight Super Bowl and fourth straight AFC Championship appearance. My only concern is which offense shows up. Lately, the good offense has showed up. The one that we know and love. The only other concern I have, man... Listen, Andy Reid has had so many great regular... He's got, what, the fourth or fifth most wins in NFL history in the regular season? So, I mean, that's that shows how great he is. But in the postseason, man, sometimes that success just goes away. So, my biggest concern is, which coaching style are we going to see from Andy Reid Come playoff time, cause there's a reason why he has only one Super Bowl. And I know he had an opportunity to win two in a row, maybe even three in a row, if uh if things go in your favor in that uh Chiefs Patriots AFC Championship game. D four being offsides, offense being shut out in the first down, the third down uh horrific defense. Um But still, I mean at the end of the day, he only has one ring to show for it. And it, it was it, it happened fairly recently. So I just hope at the end of the day, Andy Reid can keep that aggressive mindset because I feel too much that he gets complacent and it's like, man, Oh, why do we blow so many big leads under Andy Reed? Uh, so I just hope at the end of the day, the chiefs can, uh, be aggressive and stay that way for four quarters. Because man, if that chiefs team plays well for four quarters on offense and defense, I don't know who's stopping them. Uh, I know some people think the the Patriots, but with a rookie quarterback as great as Mac Jones has been, and he's not playing like a rookie. He's really playing like he's been there a long time, which is impressive, and that just goes to show how great of a coach Bill Belichick is, and that's going to lead me to my next point in a moment, but I mean, give me the stacked veteran dominance the Chiefs have over a rookie quarterback, as good as Mac Jones has been, and here's the thing I will say about Mac Jones. Uh, I'm curious to see how he does in the playoffs. As great of a rookie season as he's had, and as great as the Patriots have been, how does a rookie quarterback try to play at that same level come playoff time? Because the intensity is a lot different. Mentally, how is he going to be? It's a whole different ballgame, so I'm very curious to see how that goes. But yeah, man, the Chiefs have been playing much better football lately, and that is a lot of fun. To watch uh, how they've uh, grown this year. Uh, ever since they got Melvin Ingram. I mean, it just feels like things are clicking on the defensive side. And the offense eventually has found a way to adapt and play more consistently. Which is good to see. Like I said, uh, I wanted to touch on Bill Belichick next. Man, what a great season he's had as a, uh, as a head coach. Like, honestly, this is his best season as a head coach. And he's had a lot of great ones, for sure. But here's the thing with Belichick, man. He has proven he can win with anyone. When Jimmy Garoppolo was his starting quarterback for four games, they went 3-1. and one. Now, that's a very short window, so it's hard to really look at that and, you know, say much. But that's all we have to work with. Went 3-1 and one with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. When Tom Brady went down with an injury, Matt Castle came in early in the game and helped the Patriots win 11 games that year. Matt Castle, 11 games. He's never won 11 games in his career. He did win 10 in Kansas City, but never 11. And that's a pretty damn impressive thing to do with with an inexperienced quarterback uh, like Castle was during his time with the Patriots. Now he's got Mac Jones and is winning with him. And I know last year, kind of a weird year, they got off to a solid start with Cam Newton. I thought Cam Newton was doing some good things last year with the Patriots, but then it just kind of came crashing down pretty quickly after that. So... Uh, just didn't really pan out in their favor, and people weren't sure. You know, uh, are the Patriots going to be be back? Uh, was Brady really the reason for the Patriots' success? Well, now with Brady slipping lately, and Belichick and the Patriots doing better, the the tone has really shifted lately. By the way, if you look at some of the uh, so the betting lines right now, Belichick is a minus one twenty five for coach of the year in one website. I'm telling you what, man, I, I I told you guys before the season, I put money on Andy Reid and Belichick, one of those two, to win Coach of the Year, and I'm starting to like my chances a lot. And I'll tell you what, it was not minus 125 when I placed that bet before the season. So I am really looking forward to uh, the night before the Super Bowl, the uh, NFL Honors show, because I really want to know as soon as possible who that Coach of the Year is going to be. So I've got a lot of uh, personal interest in that. But, man, Coach. Uh, in my opinion, this is the best season Bill Belichick's had as a coach and probably one of the best coaching performances we've seen because with the year they had last year in Belichick's legacy, because because when Brady went and won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, the narrative was, oh, Brady's the reason for the success in New England. Well, now those people have pumped the brakes and now we're seeing Belichick prove that he's also—listen, I don't understand why the answer can't be both. You know, this is not a multiple-choice quiz. This is not a Scantron test. You know, you can say multiple answers. Um, I get people want to pick that out, the one that's that deserves more credit, that kind of thing. I don't know why we get so caught. It's almost like, um, like if Patrick Mahomes escapes the pressure and throws a great pass to Travis Kelsey, and then Travis Kelsey, you know, breaks three tackles to get into the end zone. It's like, you know, are we going to sit there and debate and say who really made that play happen? Well, both of them made that play happen. Uh, You know, I think people get so caught up in wanting to compare and pick one person to give the sole credit to, and I don't know. Uh, I try not to get too caught up in that kind of thing because then it kind of just takes the fun away. Uh, Listen, I think you you can say both guys deserve credit, both Brady and Belichick deserve credit for the success in New England. But everyone wants to have a debate about that for some reason. And now I guess the debaters have kind of slowed down a bit seeing how uh, Belichick has done recently in uh, in New England. So it's good to see. Uh, from one head coach to another, or a former head coach, I should say, in Urban Meyer, uh, when the news came out about Meyer and the whole kicker situation with, who was it, Josh Lambeau, I think, I immediately went to social media and I said, look, forget about whether or not Urban Meyer can survive this off season or the day after the regular season and come back next year. He needs to go now. Like there's no way you can continue the rest of your regular season with Urban Meyer. Fire him. Get rid of him. Get a head start on your head coaching search. Guess what? Twelve hours later. The Jaguars did exactly that. They let Urban Meyer go. And I, I, it was the right move. I just don't know how you can move forward with Urban Meyer at that point. It, look, some people are going to say, oh, man, no, we live in a soft world. It's not about that. First of all, and I know he was a very successful college coach. Given what was said about him, what he did with Lambeau cursing at him and, and kicking him during his stretches or whatever it was that happened, He's not going to go back to the college ranks anytime soon because whatever college wants to hire him, you know, the you have to kind of worry are the parents of the players going to be okay with it because whenever there's a college program out there where there's some sort of physical violence involved, parents speak up. They get involved pretty quickly nowadays. Um, listen, I think Urban Meyer is going to be a coach again at some point. It's not going to be anytime soon. Listen, these things happen and eventually they blow over and over time, you kind of forget about it. Here's the biggest cure for that kind of thing, winning. Like, let's say, you know, and I think you would have to be a a very desperate program to want to hire Urban Meyer right now. But let's just say, and I'll get back to my point with the Jaguars as to why they made the right move. Let's just say, you know, Urban Meyer gets hired in a year. Guess what? There's going to be a lot of outrage. Petitions are going to be signed to fire him instantly. But guess what? If he starts winning right away with that new team, everything's going to be forgotten about. Oh, he was terrible with the Jaguars. He, he, he had a tumultuous relationship with the players and coaches. A woman grinded on him. Oh, he kicked a kicker. It doesn't... Everyone's going to forget about that when he starts winning again. That's all, that's all it takes, just winning. But as far as the Jaguars, I mean, this was the right move to make. Listen, uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, this would not have happened. But today with social media and the way news travels these days, there was absolutely no way in hell. The Titans, or excuse me, the Jaguars could have kept Urban Meyer. I mean, it was a headache from a PR standpoint. And again, going back to my comment about social media and how fast news travels, coaches and players can claim all they want that they ignore the noise. Players say this all the time that they ignore the noise and they don't pay attention to what uh, people in the media have to say or, or what people on social media have to say. Do you guys see the comments, like when they do prove people wrong, they actually let people know that they prove people wrong? I mean, look at Brittany Matthews, uh, Patrick Mahomes' fiance. When the Chiefs had that monster game against the Raiders where uh, Mahomes threw five touchdown passes and won uh, Offensive Player of the Week, Brittany Matthews lit up Ryan Clark on social media about it. You don't think she and Patrick don't talk about that? Of course they pay attention to what's being said out there. Like, this is what's going on in our world today. When there's very bad PR, like Urban Meyer, for your NFL team, I mean, there's no logic in keeping him moving forward. It just had to be done right then and there. I mean, there was no waiting for the last three weeks or seeing if there was a way he could turn things around. It had to be done now. Uh, Because the week before, there was a report that came out. I guess he was belittling his coaches, his assistants, uh, basically saying that he's a winner and they're all losers, like that kind of thing. It's just gotten to the point where it's a headache from a PR standpoint. I would hate to be a PR member for the Jaguars this year. I mean, God bless whoever uh, is the main PR guy for that franchise and some of the assistants they have behind them and the interns and all those people behind all of that because this was not a fun year to be a PR person and generally when you're uh, when you're an employee of a bad team or a team that has a lot of distractions like this year with the Chiefs the PR part is not fun it is not fun at all I can tell you that right now uh, having uh, when I was a student journalist at KU uh, you know, when, when you're in the journalism department, when you're studying journalism, you, you're surrounded by other journalism students, obviously, and a lot of those students are very active in that as well. Some of them even working for other media outlets. Some of them working from the PR standpoint, where they actually worked for Ku Athletics, athletics either as a part-time employee or as an intern. So I got familiar with um, with some of the uh, students, some of the classmates I had who were working for Ku Athletics and. Man, I I've heard some stories with Charlie Weiss and some of the things that got out there publicly at Kansas. Yeah, it. I mean, listen, it, it can be a fun gig, but when you've got the, <laughs> when you've got some of those uh, bad seasons or those off the field distractions or both, which is even worse, it is not fun. It is not fun at all. I can tell you that for a fact. All right, uh, UFC 269 took place a couple of weeks ago. Boy, um, shocker in the co-main event with Amanda Nunez losing to Juliana Pena. Man, Juliana Pena had the right game plan. And a lot of times these fighters love to, I mean, they, they, they love to, I don't, don't want to say taunt, but they want to they show their opponents they're not afraid and let the world know, hey, they, they, they know how things are going to pan out with their predictions. Juliana Pena called a second round finish. And it happened. It happened the way she said it was going to happen. Uh, She took Amanda Nunes to the ground, which everyone thought was going to be a horrible idea. Because that's how Amanda Nunes became the Bantamweight Champion when she took the fight to the ground against Misha Tate at UFC 200. And listen, everyone knows Amanda Nunes is the, it's been said by so many people, the hardest hitter uh, among all female MMA, I mean, there's no one who hits harder than her, the way she beat Ronda Rousey, she's never been destroyed like that before, the way she beat Holly Holm, the way she beat Chris Cyborg, Misha Tate, I mean, she beat the best of the best in MMA history, in uh, the women's bantamweight and also featherweight division, and she's solidified herself as the best female fighter of all time, in my opinion. Uh, She uh, obviously fell in this one. Listen, if the rematch happens uh, today, I'm I'm still picking Amanda Nunes to win. I think she'll come back with the right game plan. Uh, Perhaps I'm overconfident. Anytime these upsets happen, there's always a level of overconfidence that lead to these kinds of things. These upsets, that is. So, uh, tough one for Amanda Nunes, but props to Juliana Pena. She came out on top, and I loved her her, her Nate Diaz uh, impression uh, in the uh, post-fight interview. And Joe Rogan asked the exact—well, but didn't ask, uh, but said the exact same thing. Oh, you shook up the whole world, and then she dropped the uh, Nate Diaz, uh, I'm not surprised, a comment, which is great. Uh, but, uh, man, if the rematch—here's what a lot of people are thinking. That in the rematch, Amanda's going to win, and I agree with that. But here's what a lot of people aren't saying, and I think Juliana kind of alluded to this, that this is what she wants to do. Obviously, you have to do the rematch with Amanda Nunes. I think rematches for title matches uh, are warranted if the previous title holder had a long uh, long winning streak going as the reigning champion. And that, that fits the bill for Amanda Nunes. So, uh, obviously, a rematch is warranted. That's why I was disappointed we didn't see any uh, a rematch, a trilogy between Cejudo and Johnson, but topic for another day. Here's what a lot of people are, are, are not even talking about. What if Juliana Peña wins the rematch and keeps the bantamweight belt? She could easily demand, and she would have a lot of... I mean, she, she would have basically every reason to demand this. She will... Tell Dana White, I want to move up to Featherweight and get her other belt and beat her for a third time. I mean, what kind of a story would that be if Juliana Pena did that? So, I'm very curious to see how things pan out uh, and all of that. I mean, the rematch is going to happen. It'll happen uh, hopefully in the first quarter of 2022 because... I'm really dying to see how the Lioness responds after a loss like that. Because she is, in my opinion, the best female fighter of all time. She beat the others who were labeled among some of the best. Holly Holm, Amanda Nunez, or excuse me, uh, uh, Ronda Rousey, Cyborg Tate. Uh, so I want to know how she does in response after losing to Juliana Pena here. Alright, this is not a fun topic, but it's something we can't really avoid and has to be discussed. The whole COVID situation with Omnicron and how it's impacting sports right now the nhl decided to do a temporary shutdown uh, for a week Um, and part of the reason they had to do this was because of the situation with the canadian borders so that makes sense uh, from the get-go i know the nba has a team in toronto but it's only one team they have Uh, and by the way with the holidays right now i mean a lot of a lot, of, a lot of these players and their family members coming from, and hockey that is coming from all over the world. I mean, I suppose that's playing a factor in all of this. I don't know. I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm just trying to use logic here, just just simple logic for this. Um, that th- I mean, that's playing a, a role in this. And, and here's the thing. I've got to be honest. I've not read up on this omicron. Uh, I'm traveling in a few days. Pretty comfortable. I mean, look, I'll have a mask. Um, I'm vaccinated. I got the booster recently, and the reason I decided to get that is because I travel, uh, frequently, uh, internationally, domestically, uh, for work and leisure. So, uh, I just felt like it was one. By the way, I know a lot of people have their opinions on the vaccine. That's fine. I don't care. I know a lot of people also have the wrong idea. If you have a de- negative opinion about it, fine. But there are a lot of people who are m- very misinformed on what exactly, uh, the purpose of the vaccine is i mean people are like are saying oh you still spread the virus yeah we know nobody ever said oh no one reputable ever said it doesn't uh stop the spread uh a lot of people have been safer with it that is not a debate that's out there uh even the right-wing media which is been against it, I guess. Because this whole thing got political, which is not. and I'm getting off topic here. But uh, listen, it works. It's been reported by every media outlet, regardless if they're left wing or right wing. So just wanted to put that out there. Anyway, the, the whole thing with the um, COVID situation. I know with the Chiefs and Steelers game, the Chiefs had a bunch of players on uh, reserve slash COVID list. And they've gotten better about it the last 48 hours. However... The Steelers are starting to uh, pile up that list, that COVID list of theirs. So there's a lot of talk about this game being pushed back. Uh, And listen, it's the holidays, so I know this thing's going to be going on for a bit. There is some speculation on some sports talk radio that maybe this whole Omicron thing is going to go away mid-January once the holidays are over and once people are not traveling as much. Uh, I'm not really sure. I am not really sure how this is going to pan out. Uh, look, I, I'm not a not a doctor, not a scientist, not a uh, uh, virus analyst, not going to pretend to be any of those things. Uh, just trying to use common knowledge here. Uh, just trying to use logic w- w- with all of this. Um, look, at the beginning we, th- we said this was going to go away in two weeks, four weeks, a month. By uh, 2021, it was going to go away. Man, we're uh, we're less than two weeks away from 2022. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. I, I, I really don't. Um, listen, truly, your guess is as good as mine with what's going to happen in all of this. Um, here's what I will say, because a few people ask me on Facebook, what's going to happen if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl and Mahomes tests positive right before the Super Bowl? That's a great question. In fact, I don't remember who. Somebody was asked this right before last year's Super Bowl. The question was, what happens if Tom Brady and or Patrick Mahomes test positive for COVID-19 right before the Super Bowl? And the answer was, life goes on. The show goes on without them. Now, if there was a massive outbreak, I'm sure they'll have to adjust now Changing the date of the Super Bowl, that is not something the NFL wants to do, but I suppose they'll have to if this happens, if this comes up again, if there's another outbreak. Because let's be honest, are you really going to do a forfeit for the Super Bowl? I mean, no. No way in hell you're going to do a forfeiture. So uh, here's my thing. I don't know what's going to happen. But if I'm an athlete and I'm not too familiar with the NBA and the NHL's uh, COVID protocol and policies there, but I know at the NFL there's a very strict policy where if you do miss a game, you do not get paid for it. It's almost like they treat it like a um, like an off the field injury. So you know, if you guys remember uh, a couple of years ago, Patrick Mahomes got in a little bit of trouble with the Chiefs because he was playing basketball. At a local gym, a pickup basketball game, and in his contract, you know. And listen, it's a lot of, lot of, lot of sheets. So the players never really go over all of that, but it is in Patrick's contract that he cannot participate in any kind of physical activity, such as playing pickup basketball, even if it's for a charity. If it's something organized like the, um, like the Big Slick, that is okay. He has participated in that a couple of times, but anything like a pickup basketball game. Uh, snowboarding, skateboarding, like that kind of thing. I mean, there was a Lakers player who got in trouble for snowboarding several years back. I can't remember who the name of it, uh, of the player, but he got in trouble for snowboarding when it was in his contract that he cannot be doing that. Here's my point. Any off-the-field issue, injury, or a positive COVID test does lead to players not getting paid. Come playoffs. Now forget about getting paid. These guys want to win a championship, right? Man, if it, it, as a Chiefs fan, I, I'm really hoping the Chiefs do mask up and uh, be super duper cautious about this. Not because you know I'd be concerned if they got the uh, the virus. I mean, listen, it, there's a there's a strong success rate, especially if you're vaccinated. But the bigger concern is you might not be available for a playoff game. Um, I mean, listen, I, either. Mask up 24-7 when you're not uh, practicing or put yourself in a bubble wrap of some sort because obviously you do not want uh, a player on your team to test positive when it really, really matters. Um That's the concern. Now, there is a rule where if a player does test positive, they don't have to test again for 90 days. So obviously, the Aaron Rodgers one was a huge deal. Aaron Rodgers does not have to test positive for 90 days. Um, The health experts uh, in the NFL, uh, they consulted with the CDC, and there was talks that, you know, once you do test positive, you do build antibodies uh, once the virus goes away in your system. So... That's part of the reason why you don't have to test uh, for 90 days. So if the players are going to test positive, I suppose you would want it to happen now. Not that you would ever want it, but if it does happen, preferably now, that way, you like if Patrick Mahomes tested positive today and he comes back whenever he's allowed to because he's vaccinated, he can come back less than 10 days uh, after multiple uh, negative tests. Guess what? All you gotta do is just show up. You don't have to uh, test for ninety days. Obviously, the season's gonna be over in ninety days. Now, I'm not saying go out there and purposely test positive. No, not at all. That's not what I'm encouraging. Um, I'm just saying. I mean, this is kind of a tricky situation because you do get kind of concerned. The, the 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 question last year on ESPN Radio the week of the Super Bowl: What happens if Mahomes and Brady, the two biggest superstars in the NFL? test positive. Well, the Super Bowl is going to continue without them, uh, which obviously is not ideal, but that's the way it's going to be. So, man, if I'm a player, I mean, obviously I want to play and make sure I'm still getting paid. I'm being super cautious. And, and let me just say this because I have to criticize the NFL a bit. I don't mind if they want to be cautious. I'm Listen, if they want to, I'm for that. Good for them. They have every right to want to do that. But the problem is this. They're not very consistent with all of this right now. Um, There is a new rule I saw on Twitter that... I don't know if it was just for the Packers or if it's all NFL teams. That every single media availability is going to be online only. On Zoom, basically. Which is how it was last year, if I recall. Uh, This year, some of it's been on Zoom. Some of it has been in person. Now... There is a very strict policy that if uh, members of the media are going to come in for in-person um, for in-person media, they do have to be vaccinated uh, because they don't want the virus to spread to the players and for the players to us. But here's my problem with that. The players, they're still going out and about and enjoying life, going out to parties, bars, restaurants, whatever, and big groups too. I mean, listen... Patrick Mahomes fan, Jackson Mahomes. He's, I'll get it to Jackson Mahomes later because there's a story about him going to a bar with a big group. You think Jackson Mahomes is wearing a mask? Britney Matthews just uh, had a uh, a bridal shower. And both she and Patrick back in September had a massive birthday bash with a bunch of people you could see in the background in their social media pictures. Not everyone, no one in those photos had, uh, had masks. They both had Halloween, they were both at a Halloween party where there were a bunch of people there. Um, listen, I'm all for the NFL if they want to have strict safety policies moving forward. But the problem is the, they can only enforce it at the facility. They can't control what these players do in their home life. Patrick Mahomes, if he wants to, he can have a massive Christmas party in his home and the NFL can't do a damn thing to stop him. So I don't really know. I mean, I know the NFL means well in trying to reduce the spread and make sure that all these games happen and don't get pushed back, and the players don't miss out on paychecks. But if if, if you're going to do this, it's going to be kind of useless because the players are. You think all the you think Travis Kelsey is going to stop going to bars? I mean, that dude lives for that stuff. When he's not on the field. I mean, that's his that's his go-to spot. The bar. Drink and, uh, hey, God bless him. Uh, I enjoy having a beer as well. So, nothing wrong with it. It's just, in, the, in this COVID era, if you want to call it that, how do you try to enforce all of this and make it safety the entire time? I don't know. I, I'm just thinking out loud, asking these questions, because I don't know... How you can enforce all of this and think that the players are going to be cautious and careful outside of football. Because like I said, man, uh, I mean, Patrick, his family, they're partying. They're going out and about and enjoying life. It ain't good on them. They're allowed to. But don't be surprised If he has to miss a game because he tests positive because he gets it from his wife or brother. In fact, I don't know if you guys remember, Anthony Sherman did an interview on a podcast. He admitted that he tested positive and had to miss a couple of games because his wife went uh, on a uh, girls trip. uh, Went somewhere on vacation. I don't remember where. She got it coming back home and gave it to Anthony Sherman. And therefore, Anthony Sherman had to miss a couple of games. I'm just saying, man. I mean, it's it's out there. He did it I don't remember the name of the podcast, but that's how it happens. That's how it happens. So uh, I don't really know what the solution is other than if you hope not to miss a game, wear a mask and, um, and be super-duper cautious because those have been proven to work. Uh, I mean, look, look at the bubble that the NFL and the – excuse me, the NBA and the NHL had. I mean, they wore masks for two weeks and were testing daily. And once everyone was negative, once they made sure no one from the outside could come in, they were all good. There were no positive cases. So that shows you that kind of strategy does work. But they're not going to do that with the NFL, especially now uh, with the season almost over. Listen, I don't know I don't know what the NFL is going to do. Um, some teams have been getting better about the COVID situation. Some are getting worse. Some are just now starting to get worse, like the Steelers. So, this is far from being over, both from a sports standpoint and uh, in the world. So, this is going to be around for a very, very long time, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it's almost 2022. We thought this was going to be over before 2021. Imagine that. Uh, by the way, Jackson Mahomes, he was in, in the news lately. I mentioned his name in going out to bars. So, he went to a local bar, a small bar in Kansas City, uh, in downtown Kansas City, called S.O.T., So he took to social media to criticize SOT and said that they were rude to him, and then he asked his followers if they had a bad experience at SOT. I think like any business, when you are being criticized by a celebrity like Jackson, uh, you have to speak up for yourself. You have to stand up for yourself. You got to say something, right? So they took to Facebook, and they had the best response in the world, basically explaining the situation, saying that Jackson came with a large group at a very tiny bar. This isn't, you know, I mean, we're not talking about, I don't know, think of the biggest bar you've ever been to, okay? That's not this kind of bar. This is a small bar, small business owner, okay? And Jackson was demanding first-class treatment with him and his entourage. Because <laughs> that's Jackson Mahomes, right? Uh, Tick-tock, clout chaser, trying to latch on to his brother's fame, that kind of thing. So they explained the situation, and then SOT kind of, I don't want to say lashed out, but it was a very prof- professional clap back in my opinion where they said look we survived a pandemic we will survive your ego and that is what got everyone behind this bar because look from barstool sports to espn to whoever and the fan bases for all 31 teams find jackson mahomes and the mahomes family extremely irritating and i said the 31 other nfl teams and their fan bases Cheese fans are over it, man. Um, Cheese fans are really over Jackson, Brittany, Randy. I mean, look, I, I, I've talked about this already, so I'm not going to go into major detail with this. I don't know if there's a sense of jealousy because someone in their family has massive fame and they cannot be forgotten about. I mean, listen... I have no problem if everyone else in the Mahomes family, if they're famous, look at the Kardashian family. You have what? Two people in that family that were super famous and everyone else kind of got the fame with it. Look at the Trump family. And I'm talking even before 2016. There was that one man in the Trump family and everyone else got to tag along and got the fame. Obviously, it went up in 2016. Uh... But I mean, even before 2016, like Donald Trump Jr. and his love life when he got engaged and divorced, like that was a big deal. Um, I mean, those kinds of things get talked about. Uh, pe- people say it's TMZ-ish, but that's that's how it is. Um, so I have no problem if family members get famous. That's just the way it works in our culture nowadays with social media and all. But the way the Mahomes family—they're injecting themselves into the limelight. I mean, they have this, look at me, look at me, I can't be forgotten about. Yeah, my brother's the, the real star, but you can't forget about me either. That's Jackson Mahomes and Brittany too, and, and Randy as well. But ever since the whole Washington uh, thing with Randy's tweet and the stepping on the numbers, they did kind of tone it down a bit. But Jackson is back at it again. Listen, you're. N- th- this is not Hollywood, okay? This is not a city that was built on celebrity attraction, okay? So for him to want to get all this attention in Kansas City of all places, dude, you're in the wrong place, man. I mean, you 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 probably should hope for a time machine and and, and hope that your brother gets drafted by either the Rams or the Chargers in LA. Because that's where you'll get all this first class treatment. Not in Kansas City of all places. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, listen, Patrick's done a fantastic job. He was 21 when he got drafted, and on the final day as a 22 year old, he threw six touchdown passes against the Steelers, and then the day after his 23rd birthday. He was leaving University of Kansas Hospital Uh, on Tuesdays. That's when uh, the players usually do their uh, charity work. And doctors, nurses, patients, everybody was standing waiting for him to leave so they could cheer for him and high-five him if they could. And I don't know as a 23-year-old how you really handle that kind of fame, but Patrick's done a really great job with it. I mentioned earlier the basketball thing. He won the MVP award and 48 hours later after getting the award, he's at a at a local gym playing pickup basketball. Like, who does that? You've never seen Tom Brady do that. You've never seen Peyton Manning do that. You've never seen anybody do that. So Patrick's had this very humble, low-key type of personality about himself from a public standpoint like he doesn't do any of this look at me stuff he's taken advantage of some of the things he's done i mean yeah of course i I would want to be in a bunch of commercials as well there's a lot of money in that he's had a lot of opportunities he got to go to some of the uh studios uh for some of his favorite video games because he's a big video gamer none of there's nothing wrong with any of that but when it gets to your family and them trying to push themselves the way jackson is it's like okay we got to start asking the question here because what is Jackson trying to accomplish here? Is he wanting to <laughs> Is there a um is there a need to let everyone know who you are? Cuz there are a lot of rumors out there on social media and from people that I know personally who I trust. Uh I can't really say these publicly because I don't have any verification of them. But I it's again it's from people I trust. There are some, uh, do you know who I am stories? Oh, yeah, I, I and I trust him, I absolutely trust him. Here's the bottom line: um, I don't know how I would handle it if my brother was say I'd be, in fact, I'd be happy for him. I'd, I'd say, Hey, all the fame on you, maybe I'll get a few social media followers along the way, but I'm not gonna really try to do too much off that unless I can make massive money, which Jackson has and good on him. Brittany has as well. By the way, people get so defensive for Brittany because people say she's rich because of Patrick. There's nothing wrong with saying that. It's it's true. Brittany has her own clothing. I don't know if it's her own clothing line, but she's promoting a lot of fitness apparel and fitness accessories. And the reason she's able to sell a lot of that stuff is because of her connection to Patrick. If Patrick was a backup or if she was not connected to Patrick at all, would she be having all of that? Would she be the co-owner of the Kansas City uh, Current? No. So I don't know why people get so defensive for her when these kinds of comments are made about her in public. Um, And she gets very defensive about that stuff, too. I mean, doesn't even get tagged on Twitter. She was... (laughs) She responded to someone uh, who tweeted SportsCenter saying, how does she have the money to own a soccer team? Uh, basically, the comment was insinuating. It came from Patrick. But she responded saying, oh, no, nope, but it's from my own bank account. Okay, I, I, I'm sure it was your name on the check. But why do you have that money? It's because of your connection to Patrick. Again, nothing wrong with it. Just own up to it and not don't be so defensive about it. Um, but the thing with Jackson, man, and listen – Please do not use his age as an excuse. There are a lot of 21-year-olds who are either famous themselves or they're related to someone famous. I I mean, look at... Spider-Man's the big movie that just came out recently, doing very well, of course. uh, And by the way, I've not seen it yet, but I will soon. Um, Look at Tom Holland. He's 25 years old. I think he was... 20 or 21 when he got the uh role for spider-man did you see tom holland going out there demanding all this first-class treatment from the world no his co-star zendaya uh who i believe he's dating she's also the same age and i don't recall her going out there demanding all this first-class treatment you don't hear about that because that's not happening um, if it was happening with those two, it would definitely be in the news. Um, so there are people in their early 20s who are either famous or they're related to someone super famous, but they're not behaving this way. So this is not an age issue, folks. And I'm tired of people who always use that as an excuse. Oh, he's young and famous. So fucking what? So are a lot of other people that age. You don't see them. Doing the bullshit that Jackson Mahomes is doing now. SOT they had to retract their statement and they apologize because I guess one or two Karens got offended over that. Uh, whatever, man. I mean, you can't please everyone with with anything. I mean, the Chiefs could win five Super Bowls in a row and you'll have you there will be a Chiefs fan complaining. I mean, that's just the way it works. Um, but hey, good on uh, good on SOT. I'm glad they stood up to Jackson Mahomes. Even though they deleted their posts, the screenshots cannot be deleted. And that's something Jackson has to live with. Um, Just a very immature kid who honestly has a lot of growing to do. And listen, they have money. They need to figure out uh, a PR person that can help them fix all this bullshit. Because it is not something... You want to have to deal with by the way, I'm watching this 49ers Titans game right now in the end. Oh, it just ended. They did all these laterals boy. Uh, I actually thought it was going to work for a second, but nope. The Titans came back and won this one. Uh, so the the Titans are still hanging on uh, with the uh, with the Chiefs for that top seed. Uh, all the Chiefs have to do is win this week, but uh, they're going to be around man. Mike Rabel's a hell of a coach. Uh, never write off the Titans. Uh, especially with Mike Vrabel. I know a lot of people don't like his uh, personality. I know he uh, bolted out of a press conference recently because he was being asked about Zach Cunningham, I think, and he told the media I'm not answering questions on this. Listen, when a coach doesn't want to answer a question about something, just stop and move on. They're not going to change their mind for you. They're just not. Um, But yeah, with the whole Jackson thing, man, they got to hire some sort of a publicist or PR person and try to... Get coached up on this because if they don't, I'm, I hope it doesn't happen. But I'm telling you now, with the stories that are in the rumors that are out there about Jackson and Brittany specifically. If this doesn't stop. It's going to end up in a physical violent situation one day. And it's not going to be a good look for Jackson and for, uh, 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 for Brittany. We already saw Jackson pour water on a uh, on a Ravens fan. Now, I don't think the fan cared because he was kind of asking for it. Uh, I mean, he knew he was instigating it, but you still got to learn to ignore that stuff, man. And Patrick defending him, oh boy, that's not a good look for him. Not a good look at all. Yeah, uh, they need some help for sure. Uh, real quickly, uh, the Wheel of Fortune, if you did not know, still is around. So... A contestant uh, was doing the final puzzle. She won the the show and she got to go to the end where they do the final puzzle where you pick three consonants and a vowel and you have 10 seconds to solve it. And you can win more money or a car. Uh, So the word was choosing the right word. At first, she thought it was choosing the right card. Then she figured out it was choosing the right word. Now, when she said this, there was a there was a pause between the words right and word and Pat Sajak. Uh, I mean, someone told him in his ear, I'm sure they had to deny her the win, even though she got it correct before the buzzer, because you cannot pause for a certain length of time, which is weird because it's only 10 seconds. I mean, come on. Um, you know, This happened on Wheel of Fortune once before, where there were uh, they had it was military week or something uh, along those lines, where they had military personnel participate, and there was one uh, puzzle. I don't remember the uh, category, but it was it was basically uh, Regis. Regis, I think it was people. Regis Philbin and Kelly Ripa. Now let me just say, I don't. I, I could be saying that last name wrong. Ripa, Ripa, whatever. I don't know. But the three contestants, who, again, are all all military personnel, they don't watch this crap. They're either serving this country or, when they're not, they're probably spending as much time possible with their families and not watching uh, talk shows in the the day, morning, whenever that stuff comes on. So, I remember uh, watching that clip, and they all pronounced it the same way, but they kept rejecting all of them the win because all the all the letters were already up on the board and you just have to say it but you also have to pronounce it correctly <laughs> which is funny there was a medical student who could not pronounce Achilles I, I i almost butchered it just thinking about it but um yeah uh i don't know why they had to be so strict about a military personnel not being able to pronounce rippa correctly and then they finally gave it and it was the same pronunciation it's like I mean, these are military guys who don't care about this stuff. But anyway, I digress. Uh, anyway, uh, Wheel of Fortune, you guys suck. But props to Audi, because she did lose, or Audi, on the topic of mispronunciations. Uh, she lost, she missed out on an Audi Q3. But Audi on Twitter said they will hook her up for the holiday. So good on her. Because honestly, that's just bullshit. That's just stupid. Uh, real quickly, uh, Joe Biden I I made a comment on my Facebook page. I got uh, a lot of people riled up. Uh, Joe Biden visited Kansas City recently, and I made a joke asking if he made any uh, reference to the Chiefs or barbecue, and then I added a little funny joke there. I said, uh... I said, did he not know where he was? And then in the comment, I wrote, uh, did he know if he was in KCK or KCMO? Um... If I offended anybody, and I offended a lot of people with this, if I offended any of you guys, I sincerely do not apologize to you sorry snowflakes. Um, If a joke like that... By the way, I I made fun of both politicians before, so just get over yourselves. I mean, politicians are not people worth (laughs) defending for a joke. Politicians of all people. Um, If a joke like that offended you... Not only do I want you people, I I ended up blocking a bunch of people who were complaining and bitching and moaning, but for those who are still following me, if a comment like that is offensive to you, not only do I kindly ask that you unfollow me, please block me on every single fucking social media outlet out there. Because if something like that offends you, I would rather people like that not follow me at all. Not in the least bit. It was a joke. Get over yourselves. Holy cow. This is why, I mean, people, listen, I get accused of being a Biden supporter and a Trump supporter at different times. That's because I'm a free thinker. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a conservative. I'm a free thinker. And I wish more people were as well. People are so easily influenced and they allow themselves to be influenced by what a politician says, which is so stupid. Think for yourselves, people, please, because that's what I do. Um, I think it's so annoying when people don't. And then uh, it leads to things like this where people can't take a joke over a politician. If you're if you're offended by what I said, boy, I hope you guys do not watch uh, Bill Maher's show on HBO, Friday nights. Because he's a lot more offensive than me, evidently. So I'll just leave it at that. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. If you're still listening, obviously you guys are not the snowflakes, and I appreciate that. Uh, big thanks to all of you guys for the support over the years. The Facebook page is just growing. It was just 2,000 followers uh, about three years ago. And it's just only gone up since then. So thank you guys so much for all of the support over the years. Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy New Year. I will be in Las Vegas to enjoy the final days of 2021. Until then, I will talk to you guys in 2022. Stay safe. Enjoy the holidays. I'll talk to you guys next year.